Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secret, joined once again by Dr. Kirk Elliott. We were just talking about just all kinds of great stuff. Uh, some prognosticators that are often right, but sometimes, you know, over, overstate. But I think uh, Harry Dent, as we were talking about earlier, you know, he's he said some home runs. He talks about how um, his big thing was as the population decreases, then basically the economy decreases. And yeah. he's been proven that's we're almost at zero uh, as far as like our, our population growth, I think we're close to zero, maybe even negative. Uh, and every country that's done that has decreased in uh, economy. So wh- what is it, what's the latest thing that Harry Dent is saying? Well, here's the thing. You, you know, our fertility rate in America is less than 2.0. It has been for about five years. So what, is, what does that mean? It means if you have a fertility rate that's 2.0, that means when mommy and daddy kick it and die... I hate to say it that way, but when they die, they've replaced themselves with two kids. So it's a net zero effect, right? Fertility rate means two people die. You, you created two kids. It's a net zero. So a lot of the um, Muslim population countries around the world have like fertility rates of like four or five, seven. I mean, really large, growing quickly. Most of the West and Japan now have negative fertility rates, meaning society is collapsing it's it's shrinking and there's fewer people working paying into the system to pay for entitlements like social security medicare medicaid you know with the baby boomers retiring there's fewer people working so so this is why the fertility rate's so important and it's not just in america it's all of the western nations and japan pretty much where where this is the case now why is this a problem because historically, once a, a country gets below 2.0 fertility rate, they never recover. Right. Like, like ever. So put it into perspective. Let's say we had some outrageous government policy that said, all right, everybody in America has to have fertility pills. And they all start popping out babies like a Pez dispenser, right? And it's like, okay, we're going to have five kids. Well, even if that's the case, you have all of those kids next year. They don't become productive members of society actually working for another 18 years until they're 18, right? So so this is why this is such a problem because even if you were to take corrective action today and everyone has multiple babies tomorrow, it's still almost two decades before you see a net economic benefit from that, right? So, and you know, so another this, thing that you you brought up is uh, you you said that we're very very close to or even sur- have surpassed uh, Rome as far as entitlements, uh, and then Rome collapsed, and we're even worse than Rome ever was. So that's that's interesting. So we wow. we don't we have more entitlements, and we have less people paying for those entitlements to keep them going. Well, he, here's the the jacked up part of that. So. So Rome fell when 30%, one third basically of their population was on some kind of government handout, one third, okay? So I just looked up actually this morning, it's funny you bring this up, Um, our expenditures under the Biden 2024 budget are not all of them, 
but just Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, Women, Infant, Children Program, food stamps, you know, the, the handouts, right? The entitlements. Um, $4.716 trillion. What did we bring in as a nation in federal tax revenue? $4.721 trillion. Mm. Our, just our entitlements are basically equal to what we bring in. I mean, this is... This is mind-numbingly crazy, right? So, so you then add debt to that picture with the unsustainable interest payments on our national debt, a trillion dollars, mm. right? That's now 35% of everything that we bring in as a nation, just interest payments. So we yeah. get to the point where our debt to GDP, and there's a reason I'm bringing all this up, our debt to GDP ratio is now 123%. We have more debt than we have gross domestic product. Mm. So I remember, Michael, looking back, it maybe was mm, 2007, 2010, something like that. It was a long time ago. I remember when we hit 80% debt to GDP ratio. And it's like, man, I, I don't know how we're going to pay for all of this, right? Because the, the numbers are once a country reaches 100% where their debt equals their productivity and output, they don't recover. There's some kind of a pendulum shifting change that happens. So, so what could those changes be? Well, historically, the government changes political regimes from a like a democracy to a dictatorship or a dictatorship to a democracy. For us, it would be re representative form of republic, you know, to a dictatorship. You know, that's that's what would happen. Or you get a complete monetary system change, right? So, so like um, Argentina, Venezuela, for example, their currencies collapse. They go through a revaluation, and they come up with some kind of a new currency. Same thing happened in in Germany after World War One. They used to have the Rentenmark was the name of their currency. They had to revalue it because inflation was like a billion percent a year with a B. And so then they had the German mark that replaced it, right? So, so. That happens when debt equals productivity as well. Why is that? So now we look at America, 123% debt to GDP. That means it's mathematically impossible to pay it back. You can't pay off all that debt if your productivity doesn't even equal the debt every year. Now, we have the cost of servicing the debt. In a rising interest rate environment, our $34 trillion costs us almost a trillion dollars a year and just interest-only payments. Yeah. Michael, our defense budget for the entire country, our entire defense budget's like $850 billion. We've got more in interest payments than we do allocated towards our defense. I mean, mm. this is this is insane, right? So, so now, the IMF, and then we're going to get to uh, why Harry Dent said what Harry Dent said, right? So the IMF, um, the International Monetary Fund, basically said by the year 2028, 100% of all countries in the world are going to have their debt basically surpass their gross domestic product on every country, every country. So let's kind of mm, dumb that down to the smallest common denominator, a family, right? So if a family has more debt than they have income, ultimately they file for bankruptcy. Same is true for a country. I think America is going to go bankrupt because we've got more debt than we have income. And we can't sustain that. 
What's true for an individual is true for a country. What's true for a country is true for the world. So we're looking at 100% of all countries, according to the IMF, not me, are going to have greater debt than they have GDP. That means we're looking at a regime change globally, change in the global monetary system, because that's the only way you ever really recover from that. So that's what the IMF is predicting. When you look at the debt numbers, um, $97.1 trillion, Michael, is all of the government debt in the world combined right now, $97.1 trillion. What's America's national debt? $34 trillion. It's like, crud. We're like 36% of all global debt is America, right? It's like, this is this is... This is a problem waiting to happen. So Harry Dent, who he's been wrong sometimes, he's been right sometimes, but his worldview, his ideology is pretty much spot on. It always has been. And when I look at his rationale, at his algorithms, why why he says that 2024 is going to be um, the biggest crash of our lifetime, I mean, literally the biggest crash of our lifetime. Why does he say it? So so he said, you know, well, actually, before I say what he says, you know, we have to understand, you'll laugh with me on this one because you read them all too. Yeah. Um, end of the end of the world doomsday predictions are a dime a dozen. Right? They're just nonstop, mm. right? And you got to be careful who you listen to because you want to put your head in the sand and forget it all, right? So, so, but there's, there's, truth behind what we're seeing in some of these predictions, right? So what, what Harry Dent said is that the money printing madness um, that has been occurring since 2009 is going to take its toll like never before. He's absolutely right on that one. Then he made the statement, since 2009, this has been 100% artificial, unprecedented money printing and the deficits of $27 trillion over the last 15 years, to be exact, like we just went over, he said that's off the charts. It's 100% artificial. And, and he's right. We don't have enough revenues, especially during COVID, right, when nobody was working, nobody was buying anything, really. I mean, it was stimulus money that was keeping everything afloat. That debt exploded since 2021. The The basically national debt, the global debt. It exploded in the last few years. So how much is that growth? Well, going from, you know, 27 to 34 trillion, um, you know, because that's where, where we've gone in the last 15 years, we're looking at at 27, well, seven, let's see, it would be 17 to 34 is 100%. We're looking at like 40% growth of our total debt in just 15 years. But it took us so long to accumulate over the last 204 years. See, this is going to be the biggest single crash of our lifetime because the debt needs to be extinguished, right? When all of the stock market, when all of the bond market, the real estate growth that we've had, people say, this is amazing, but it's all been basically fueled with debt money, money printed out of thin air, that's what needs to be reconciled, right? So so he's, he, he says this is not going to come back to normal anytime soon. When you look at the stock market, it's like at all-time highs. When you look at the bond market, it was like at an all-time high 12 months ago. I mean, we're, we're really close, 
But now when you have rising interest rates, that's going to put a pinch on everything. The, the, the debt explosion that we're going to have, the rising interest rates going to cause people to have delinquencies and then defaults. Banks will probably go under. This is the scenario that's, that's starting to build a framework for that over the next few months and into 2024 as we get farther into it. I think we are going to see a cataclysmic decline because it's a function of revenue and we don't have any revenue. So, so his thesis is we are not going to ever be at these lofty levels ever again, like ever, because the game's over. People are realized that the game is rigged and we're there, how they're going to try to fix it. It was a different form of currency, probably central bank digital currency. And, you know, people that are on our side of the political economic spectrum, so to speak, are, are I'm expecting a gold-backed currency at some point. Yeah. Because ultimately, truth has to prevail, right? People are sick and tired of the lies. They're sick and tired of the debt. They're sick and tired that, that Jerome Powell, that Janet Yellen, Joe Biden always say, look, we're, we're, we're doing good. We have a robust economy. We're creating jobs. We won the war against inflation. It's like none of those statements are actually true. I mean, not even close to being true. None of them, right? They're not creating jobs. They haven't won the war on inflation. In fact, they will probably have one rate decline next year early on so they can um, be true to their word. And they said that we're going to have a rate decline and it's election year and they can't lie all year long. But so they'll probably have one rate decline. But then inflation's going to get worse. Inflation's going to get significantly worse, Michael, because of the BRICS nations taking away demand from the U.S. dollar, you know, as of January 1st, just four days ago, you know, the, the BRICS nations had Ethiopia, Iran, Egypt, Argentina, some other country that they added. So now it's like we've talked about numerous times, six of the nine largest oil producers in the world are part of the BRICS nations as of four days ago. So that's 70% of the world's population now that's trading in their own currency for oil rather than the US dollar. Think a big deal. That's huge. That's yeah. absolutely massive. And sadly, we're not oil independent. We're dependent on foreign oil still. So, so these rising prices that's going to boost all of their currencies because they're the recipients of it, not us. We no longer have the petrodollar for all intents and purposes because 70% of the world's population is trading in their own currency, not ours. So now what? Now when we have debt ceiling talks that come up again next week, I think, well, how are they going to fund it? See, in the past, it's been easy to fund an increased debt ceiling because we're the world's reserve currency. We continually have oil settlement money coming in to the U.S. Treasury, right? We don't have that anymore. We're no different than Venezuela or Greece or Zimbabwe or any other country that goes through a hyperinflation. We're no different, right? So, so here's the problem. They are not going to be able to keep interest rates low for a while, maybe once, but then they're going to have to rise to slow down the inflation that's going to happen as they print money like there's no tomorrow. This amplifies Harry Dent's prediction of Great Depression 2.0, yep. right? Because he doesn't think things are going to come back to normal in a few years. He doesn't think that they're going to actually ever hit those lofty points again. But he thinks that 
<laughs> excuse me, that the S and P five hundred, it's going to go through a malaise. Equity market returns that are way lower than expected or normal for ten to twelve years. And that's not my prediction. That's his, right? Because he knows that the stock market is a function of revenue. When people don't have money, they're not spending, so therefore revenue is going to be down. And and but they're going to print their way out of it. They're going to absolutely print their way out of it. What does that help? That helps gold and silver. It helps all, you know, anything that you would measure in inflation that you would, um, that's debt-free, that's debt-free, right? So for example, things that are debt-free, gold, silver, cereal, cars, basically they go up in price. Things that are that you have to finance that are things like real estate doesn't have the same net effect during times of inflation. When people can't afford to buy a house, when they have to qualify for it, they can't qualify for it because Biden caused them to lose their job. Biden's policies have inflation going through the roof. Biden's policies have rising interest rates to slow down that inflation. People are living at the margin. And oh, don't forget the massive taxes and the massive stupid tax that's actually in front of the Supreme Court right now, which is they're actually considering and looking at taxing unrealized gains on people's portfolios. Unrealized, right? Normally we have a capital gain when we sell something, right? That's the norm. But, and that would be, it's like, yeah, you bought something for a thousand, sold it for 1500 bucks. You're going to have to pay taxes on the $500 gain. That's a capital gains tax. How do you tax unrealized gains? When do you pick the date and and why? You know, I, I don't get it. So even if you haven't sold anything, they're wondering if they should tax you on the growth, which means what? If you don't have the money laying around, you're going to have to sell your stuff to get the money to pay the taxes. It's economic devastation, but when governments run out of money, they start to do crazy things. It's like government's gone wild, right? And so so this tells me they've run out of capital. The government has no money. Mm -hmm. They don't have any money in the future to basically keep funding Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. They're going to run out because the boomers are populating. Like you started the show with, our fertility rate's below 2 so the people working to pay into the system aren't there. This is fall of Rome 2.0. And, and I don't know what you can do about it other than invest properly to take advantage of it. The societal trends we can't really change. You can't just go out and change the fertility rate right away and expect it to have immediate response. It won't. It'll be 18 years before those people can work. Until then, they're kind of an economic drain on society, right? So so here's the dilemma that we have as a nation. They've let it go too far. They've, they've simply let it go too far. Cheap money for too long, created too much debt. Now you have to raise inflation when people have too much debt and it's going to kill the economy. But you don't raise inflation to actually slow down. Or you don't raise rates to slow down inflation. Then what? Then you have way too much inflation. They, it's a catch-22. They don't have an easy way out. So therefore, we simply take advantage of it. We allocate into that strength, into those tangible assets that grow during times of inflation. That's how we can walk away from the room and have a smile on our face. Yep. Now, today, the uh, the 
U.S. jobs report came out and it was higher. So everybody wants the Fed to pull back like you're talking about and that'll goose the market. Uh, but with, you know, probably manipulated numbers, the, uh, you know, more people are employed. Uh, so the rate went up today. Now the futures, when the when it came out and they said that, you know, uh, a lot of people are more employed than, you know, you know, for, for a while. And uh, so the futures like, you know, just kinked on the, on the stock market. And then it turned around today. So I was like, okay, today they are going to uh, do a dead cat bounce because this market has been going down, 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 down. And, uh, and at the same time, rates, the 10-year has been going up, 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 up. So it hits that magical four point and the market does not like that. Today, it's, it's pushed over four. So the short-term debt, you know, inverted market, inverted bond market has basically been going on for a while where short-term uh, yields are, are better than long-term yields. That's inverted. So the, the Fed is basically, hey, we need some money. So we're going to give you guys a really good rate for short-term, uh, you know, bonds. And so people are piling into it. They're making it, making it sexy, making it, you know, uh, you're going to make a lot of money. So today it went up a lot. So somebody hasn't been buying that. So it's skyrocketing. Debt is right. skyrocketing. Uh, like we're talking about, the debt is skyrocketing. It's a debt-based economy, and today it skyrocketed. And magically, the stock market went up on that. So it's a dead cat bounce, in my opinion. I think that next week we're probably going to see this market start to turn around again, unless unless they come in and manipulate it. I don't know. But uh, yeah, silver has been going down a little bit. I was like, okay, the silver's going down because the market is crashing. <laughs> so silver's going to go down, and then we're going to get a, a bounce on silver, and it's going to go to the moon. The day silver's up. Now, what? How do you explain, you know, uh, this? The dollar's up today. Uh, short-term bonds are are up today, massively. Big, big pump in those. Uh, and at first, silver pulled back, gold pulled back, and now it's starting to creep up. What What's going on uh, with with all that? Hello, this is Michael Jaco. If you want to learn more on how to unleash your own intuition, go to michaelkjaco.com, unleashingintuition.com, where you can find my courses on how to become the master of your own reality. That's a reflection of the jobs numbers that came out. Very knee-jerk reaction to small news bites. That's how America tends to, re to react to these stories, but they think, oh, the job numbers are going to be are better than expected. We don't know what we were expecting, but it's better than expected. You know, they can be very ambiguous in their language, right? right. So, so it was better than expected. Therefore, they think that they can actually pause interest rates and that interest rates are going to come down. These are the talking points for next year. So, therefore, interest rates coming down, economy's going to boom, stock market goes up, right? That's that's not looking at reality, sadly. That's responding to a soundbite. The reality is we don't have much productivity. Productivity is down. And oil is going to go up because they're going to slash production on it to stick it to the West, right? So what uses oil? Everything. <laughs> I mean... Even your electric cars have grease in the tires, right? Even your electric cars that are have no gas usage at all still have plastic like dashboards. All that is petroleum-based oil. 
The rubber tires on your electric vehicle have oil. You can't get away from it, right? So so when oil prices go up, it's going to impact everything, everything. And um, I think that's what's going to happen. Now, you couple that with country after country after country after country that's going to continue to print money like there's no tomorrow. That'll cause more global inflation. We're not talking about just in America. We're talking about globally, right? So, so I think that's where we are. Yep. And I heard a report from a guy that I think, I forget where he went. I think he went from Ohio to New York uh, and he took an electric car and he had to like pull over and, you know, juice it up. And it took like, you know, 20, 30 minutes, however long it took. And so it was, it took, they calculated how long it would take for a, a gas car it was three and a half hours longer in the electric car right. than it was in the gas car. And uh, so, and the guy was just talking like on and on and on how, you know, it said you have like 205 miles and it ended up, he only had 150. So it was always overestimating how much, how much mileage he had. Uh, so yeah, this, this uh, electric vehicle thing is, uh, is blowing up in their faces. And uh, a lot of the uh, electric uh, like windmills that were supposed to produce all this uh, electricity off the coast of uh, New Jersey. Uh, it was supposed to be this year, well, actually last year, uh, there were supposed to be hundreds of them that were starting to like produce. Only one of them, one out of all the hundreds that are out there, is producing. So it's it's a big bust, and it's a it's a money dump, and they've stolen they stolen our money. They have illegal aliens coming over. They're paying them and people that are here, le- legal aliens that are coming here trying to, imp- and, you know, come into America. It takes them 10 years and they don't get any money. They don't yeah. get any free, educa- free education, free health care like they're getting in, in California. It's insane. So uh, you're, you're right. This is going to implode. The whole system implodes even faster now. It, it will. Nothing is really what it's cracked up to be right. I mean, I had a I had a Tesla once. I said, but I'll never get one again. Not just Tesla, but the electric vehicles. Now, in Colorado, like it said, I had 210 miles to go before I needed to recharge my battery. Mm-hmm. You know what? Going up the pass from Denver to Breckenridge takes a lot of battery power. And then when you have to have your lights on because it's dark outside and you have to have the heater on because it's freezing cold, it's like, I saw those these numbers going down like eight miles for every mile I was going. And I, then I got scared. It's like, nuts. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> right? Oh, so wow. I had to stop in Silverthorne to actually where there was a charging station. Wow. It's like, man, it's going to take me forever to get to Breckenridge. I mean, it, it's just the way that it is. Mm. They, going uphill... The, you, you might as well forget it. The, you're going to use so much power. And how how are you actually energizing that car, you know, with the batteries? Well, from the electric power grid, which is, uses coal and <laughs> nuclear. I mean, I mean, seriously, it's, it, it's just not good. Yeah, because it definitely did come up from those uh, windmills, which no. those windmills, it's power to build those. It's, you know, a ship had to take those out there, which is the biggest carbon footprint in the world. Ships get, give off more carbon than anything else. So they had to go out there and they have to service those. It's a, it's a total scam. It's a, total it's just scam. a big political cluster, right? It's like no. trying to make people feel bad for destroying the environment. When Al Gore flies around on his private jet everywhere, put adding more 
you know, carbon credits into the world. I don't know what, I don't know. It's just even even his form, his form was like using tremendous amounts of electricity uh, when he was pushing that, you know, uh, inconvenient lie, as I call it, not truth is a lie. So uh, we're supposed to be like, you know, there's no more ice and snow in the world now. Uh, it should have been gone like years ago, but it's the the I guess the uh, the re it's record 10 year. It's higher than it's been in 10 years as far as like the ice and snow in Antarctica right now. So it's, 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 it's been building, building, building. So it's not been going away. No, come, anybody who doesn't, anybody who believes in global warming, come and visit me in Denver because it's going to be minus two on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wear a tank top in January. So have to wear a sweatshirt every single day. It's it. We're in a warm spell right now. It's going to like, yeah. uh, it's going to go down quite a bit here. It's going to be like in the, uh, I think 48 or something uh, on Sunday. That's chilly for you. That Yeah, I'll definitely be in like sweats and everything. So in yeah. my uh, Ugg boots and everything. <laughs> Boy. All right. So uh, yeah, let's, so silver, uh, we, we've been saying it for a while. Silver is definitely the way to go. Uh, we've had a great opportunity to build on our portfolios for silver. Now we, we talked about, uh, going into silver and it's easy to get, uh, into silver, especially with you guys, uh, Kirk Elliott, uh, PhD, uh, dot com. Is that right? Do I got that right? Yep. Yeah. Kirk Elliott with two Elliott, PhD.com or slash, slash Jayco. Yep. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and also the number is seven, two, zero, six, zero, five, three, nine, zero, zero to book a free appointment. Once you get set up with you guys, like I've noticed, uh, and I've known for, uh, gosh, almost a couple of years now, I think, uh, you can, uh, just wire money into you get super easy. And I get like within, within the hour I get, okay, we bought this much for you. It's in your, uh, in depository and, and boom, it's like, boom, boom. And if I want to sell any of it, it's probably just as easy. So it's, but I'm not selling. And at some point, I'm going to transfer it over to gold. Tell us about that process that's coming. Yeah, so this is exciting because people say, well, Kirk, we're going to have gold-backed currency. Why wouldn't we go into gold? It's like, not that I dislike gold. I love it. I want to get you more of it down the road, more ounces, without you adding any new capital to it. Now, how do I do that? See, right now, the, the ratio between silver and gold is about 85 to 1. means it takes 85 ounces of silver to buy one ounce of gold. The historical number is 20 to 1. So at 85 to 1, it tells us one of two things. Either gold is overvalued or silver is undervalued. Well, what causes gold and silver to go up? Unsustainable debt, inflationary pressures, political chaos, geopolitical conflict, everything that we have. So gold's going to continue to go up. But like a magnet, that ratio always reverts to its mean, you know, which is 20 to 1. So as we come down to 70 to 1, 60 to 1, 50 to 1, 40 to 1 is half of where we are today. That means silver was outperforming to get that ratio to come down. So then what? I would sell half of your silver at half the ratio, you know, 40 to 1, not 80 to 1. And what did I just do? I got you twice as many ounces of gold then as what I could have purchased for you today. So if you could have purchased 50 ounces of gold today, we wait, we go into silver, Silver outperforms, the ratio gets cut in half. Now you have 100 ounces of gold. It's like, Kurt, is that magic? No, 
It's not magic. But where did the 50 ounces of gold come from extra? It's like we use silver to get you more gold. And then as we keep going down, we get to 20 to 1 because we got to 30 to 1 in 2011, you know, during that run up. So we get to 20 to 1. We sell off the rest of your silver. Now you double your ounces of gold again. Now you're 100% in gold, except you've got at 40 to 1, I doubled your ounces. At 20 to 1, I doubled your ounces again. Wow. See, Tim, and you didn't add any new money into your position. And now we're 100% in gold. We're, we're riding that ratio back up, and it's going to go from 20, 30 to 40 to 1. Then what? We could sell off half of your gold, go back into silver, and we just doubled your ounces of silver again. See, it's a compounding of ounces strategy. And I would, I would tell everybody that's watching this, Stop measuring your wealth in terms of dollars. Start measuring your wealth in terms of ounces that you own, right? Because it's different. Totally, your, totally. Your gold and silver ounces will maintain its purchasing power over time. Your dollars will not because they continually inflate them, which causes them to decline in value. Measure your wealth in ounces. And this ratio trading strategy, this compounding of ounces that I've utilized since 2002, we can compound your ounces. And, but to get you more gold, we have to be 100% into silver right now. Right. Very good. And uh, that's, that's that's where most of us are. So I, yeah. I, I've heard from a lot of people over the last couple of days, they have like, uh, you know, dollar cost average in pretty massively into silver over the last few days. That's good. Yeah. All right, sir. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking with you and uh, your wealth of information. Thanks a lot for sharing with us. It's my pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality. Your reality.